begin transmission. Hello, everybody. It is Star Raptor joined, as always, by Milton and Ben for Outer Rim Transmission number 54. On this week's show, we're getting into the rumor that we might be getting Star Wars Vision Season 2 and a lot sooner than you might expect. Plus, we're opening the discussion to some of our favorite Star Wars planets all on this week's show. I'm going to throw it over to Milton because we haven't seen you or talked to you in about two weeks' time. So how's it going, man? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm glad to be back on the podcast. You know, life gets in the way, which some, which is the reason why I'm not here sometimes. However, it is what it is. I'm glad to be back. Let's talk some Star Wars and have a good night. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and Ben, how's it going with you, man? Yeah, um, I'm, go- I'm doing good as well. Just uh, had a pretty chill week. Nothing nothing too crazy. I, I uh, got into a little bit of uh, Lego Attack of the Clones this week, and that's been fun. Um, and then, yeah, just, just been a pretty chill week really for the most part, get, getting ready for Easter weekend and just kind of, um, yeah, taking it easy, working out as always, of course, and yeah, just having a pretty nice week. Yeah, we were definitely, uh, doing, uh, give an update on me and Ben's playthrough of, of Lego Star Wars in a few minutes here. Um, but we're going to open it up to the floor for, um, our week in Star Wars. And, uh, as I mentioned last week, I was going to Philadelphia Comic-Con, it's, formerly called Fan Expo Philadelphia, and I went on that Saturday. I met up with one of our loyal listeners and, and fellow podcaster, uh, Chris Forsyth, and we had a great time. I brought my Mandalorian helmet. You can see some pictures of me on uh, Facebook, on Twitter. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. That was the first time I actually like put the Mandalorian helmet on and walked around. It was a lot of fun. I walked through Philly, and people were like, man, hey, man, like, people were literally like yelling <laughs> out of like the balconies on their houses like through the streets like, Hey, it's Mando and Grogu. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, I got in there about two o'clock, and I went right to the panel of Migna Wen, Fennec Shan. Speaking of Mandalorian, so that was a lot of a lot of fun. You could tell that actress, man, she's she's really into the conventions. Like she took the extra time even after the con- the panel ended just to talk to the fans. So I love that sort of like outreach. Um, when, when people are actually giving of their time that they already spent, they're still there answering questions for the people that couldn't get it in on time. And she had a lot of a lot of fun things to say. People were asking her like questions like, you know, which of the characters that you presented um, acted as would you like to hang out with? And in my back of my head is like, yeah, she would not want to hang out with herself as Fennec Shan because like she's just cold blooded killer. Um, I think she said Mulan. But anyway, so that, that was a lot of fun. I did see David Tennant, who has a Star Wars connection um, because he was um, the voice of Dr. Huang in the Clone Wars, the Youngling Arc. So that was a lot of cool. That guy, I love listening to that guy. He, he is a, an entertainer, first and foremost, because man, oh man, um, he could just talk for an hour and, 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 and answer questions. Like his whole panel was just people coming up, asking him questions, and he was just sitting there like, Grivini's great answer, so I really like that. Um, at 3.30, there was a big Star Wars meetup in front of the 501st booth, so they had that back. That was a lot of fun, seeing everybody there. And seeing all these newer costumes, I really appreciate it. Like, I seen somebody kitted out themselves as that female Tusken Raider from Book of Boba Fett, and I was like, holy crap, like, these people get these costumes together so quickly after these things come out, and, and, and I'm sure I'm going to see many more really interesting ones next month at celebration but this was almost this this whole thing felt like a precursor to celebration six weeks from now because there was about 30 different people i even seen a very very deep cut and this girl probably i was i was probably one of the very few people that actually knew the character from star wars this girl played as but she was actually guri from shadows of the empire who is like the the, the um droid 
like companion type character that is the assassin of, of, of none other than Prince Zizor. So I had to go up to her. I was like, holy crap, you actually, I've never seen anybody use this costume before. This is awesome. And the fact that they actually had like a swoop bike um, prop that we were able to sit on, it, it was pretty badass. I actually have my, <laughs> my girlfriend sitting on it. I gave her my helmet because she already had like a leather jacket. I was like, oh, this is perfect. So you're like a biker gang person with a Mandalorian helmet already. So that that was a lot of fun. Um, we just walked around, didn't really buy anything. I, I like to just look at everything and appreciate it because I really, as you see, <laughs> if you're watching on YouTube, I don't have a lot more room for pretty much anything else unless I just start like taking things down and replacing it, which I might have to do eventually. But uh, right. all in all... I, I really enjoyed my time at Philly. Uh, it used to be called Wizard World. Now it's taken by um, taken over by the organizer of Fan Expo. I think they did a great job. Uh, a lot of fun uh, was was to be had. So yeah, definitely um, it will be there next year if you guys are looking for a convention in the tri-state area, East Coast. I would say give it a try. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I um, yeah I this week for me, I actually something happened today. I went down to Maryland for like half of the day for some personal stuff. And I stopped at a store that's known to sell like vintage games and books and everything. And I happened to pick up uh, the art of the force awakens. Cause I didn't have that book yet. I have, I have the art for the rise of Skywalker, but I didn't have that one. So yeah, like that was my week at star Wars. Cause it's nice seeing those type of things, even though I'm not a huge fan of the sequel trilogy, I love the concept art. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff in general. I mean, for people who've been listening to this podcast and watching this, they know I love documentaries and all that type of stuff when it comes to anything, especially with Star Wars. But seeing the peek behind the curtain, it really gets me excited when it comes to Star Wars. And I love seeing how the, the different creators of Star Wars is able to put it in a book to talk about what the concepts were, were thought of, how they were looking to develop the movies at the time. So, yeah, I cannot wait to dive into mm -hmm. that book. Yeah, those books are the books that I actually don't seem to pick up. Not that I'm against them or anything, but I'm always like so quick to pick up like the visual dictionaries. Like I need to know every little side character and what their backstory is. I love that kind of stuff. Obviously, that's why I have the channel for the most part. But um, no, there's always so much to glean out of those. I think The Force Awakens has some really cool concept of what uh, Ben Solo or Kylo Ren looked yes. like. And it looks so cool. I remember in the lead up, the leaks and stuff to it. I was like, oh my gosh, this character looks awesome. Yeah. So it was funny is like I, I decided to get that book just because I wanted to get the visual dictionaries. There were a couple down there. And actually, when I walked into the place, um, there was a book for the High Republic that was there, too. And wow. I did think about you, Chris. I was like, oh, wait, Chris, will I, I think you probably would have had this book already. But uh, I'm thinking, oh, Chris would definitely would have just you would have just sprinted right to that section. <laughs> that, that's all. You. Yeah. But, um, yeah. I, I think I'll go back on Monday. Um, just because I want to see what else I need to get, whether it's for a visual dictionary or maybe another art book that's even there. But yeah, I, I want to at least start collecting those, getting the art books and also the visual dictionaries. I think I have The Last Jedi and Episode 1 for visual dictionaries. Yeah, and even going back to the prequels when they first were released, like I even have some of those old books. I mean, those are the coffee yeah. table books where it's like, big you know big books um that again are i guess they're basic visual dictionaries but it's really neat i still have that book that i got for christmas which is like the star wars um 
archives book which is mm-hmm. similar in its scope where it's like telling you behind the scenes stuff which it's always interesting how a movie gets made is a miracle in itself so to see all the drama and and how things barely get through is always it was always a lot of fun right right yeah I, i've always enjoyed that stuff so yeah i'm excited to get into it sometime when i get a chance to sit down and read it yeah um real quick before i forget going back i i was so close to picking this up and i said oh i would i you know at the convention i seen there was a Blu-ray booth. They had all these Blu-rays, and they had the holiday special on Blu-ray. Oh. Nice. <laughs> I, love it. I was like, how much is this? The guy's like, 20 bucks. I was like, I'll be back later, probably. And I just remembered that I completely forgot about it. That's too funny. <laughs> but that's 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 one of those finds that you only find at a convention, because we know that they don't have those for sale anywhere yep. officially. <laughs> yeah, that's that's great. I mean, I you gotta love like the holiday special. Hey, we'll 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 get to watch that in November when it comes around. Don't don't worry. I, I'm I, I'm taking over the programming November seventeenth uh, or whatever. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, like that type of stuff's great. I mean, like you said, Milton, the uh, the books like and you know, Chris, you referenced it as well. Like I have like just a few months ago when we were up in the attic, I have the episode one visual book. You know, like the big mm-hmm. book that's like this big or you know, it's like big. Um, I have that, like, and I, I have the one I think for attack of the clones. Um, but yeah, those type of books, they're, they're just a lot of fun. Like you said, to sit down, read, like, check them out, see the details, like that sort of stuff. Um, just to get a little bit of the, uh, the behind the scenes, I guess. Um, another really good book like that for anybody interested is how star Wars conquered the galaxy. It's basically yes. I need to get that one. It's an excellent book. I have it. It's, it's actually sitting right over there on the other side of my room. But it uh, it's an excellent book because it's not really necessarily um, you know, our on screen like Anakin like storylines or anything like that. It's all of basically everything that's not on screen. You know, like it's George Lucas like coming up with the movie. You know, it's basically from the time George Lucas came up with the concept of Star Wars clear until the Disney sale, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's an excellent, excellent book. Um, you know, just, it's, it's more like, I guess you would say business savvy. Cause it's like, really shows the business acumen of George Lucas over the years. So that's like an, uh, a book that I highly recommend for sure. Um, and then like for me, for my week in star Wars, I didn't have like too many, uh, crazy, crazy things going on. Like, you know, I didn't go to any conventions or anything like that, or even find a new book like you, Milton, but like for me, I uh, I sent this to you guys in the chat. Like there was the, there's this YouTube channel called Concord Jedi, and this guy made a what if Vader survived Return of the Jedi. Oh. Um, ser- what it was a what if Vader survived Return of the Jedi, whole of like it's literally like an audio drama, Milton. Like so, I, I kid you not, the guy, the people he hired for the voice actors, like sounds. Eerily similar to Mark Am- Mark Hamill sounds eerily similar similar to Leia or to uh, Carrie to Harrison like to Mon Mothma like they all sound very similar and it's insane and like this guy you know he splices it together by um, you know it's not like it, like I said it's more of an audio drama it's not like visually like you know he just cuts pictures back and forth and stuff but yeah. you know he's reading the lines or they're reading the lines and it's such a good thing because it literally like. You can imagine it so well. The, the way the guy sets it up, he adds in the different audio effects from Star Wars. Like, so you have the lightsabers, the blasters, etc. So, like, it's really cool. 
not to like dive into the whole 25 minute thing, but like I'll uh, do a short little synopsis of it. So it's great because, you know, you basically have Luke um, bring Vader back down from the Death Star fight and he takes him down. And then, of course, you know, Leia and the rebels are like, hey, we have to arrest him. Like, you know, we're sorry, Luke, but like, you know, uh-huh. we can't really let this killer out like this. Nope. And of course, you know, Luke being the the savior, the you know, the good guy, good hearted he is. He's like, no, I, you know, I'll I don't want my father to be have this happen to him. And they're like, sorry, we have to do it. But you can represent him to like basically plead his case to the to all the main people, like the main uh, um, the main lead. So like Mon Mothma, Akbar, all them. Right. So you know, you have Luke go up there in front of the whole in front of the whole leaders of the Rebel Alliance, and he's like, you know, my father was corrupted by a dark man, blah 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 blah. Like you know, basically pitching like, hey, my father was weak and like fell to the sway of the Emperor. And, you know, this is what happened. You know, it's, it's sure he has done a lot of things. And it's great because, like, they make Anakin in that sequence. Of course, Anakin's still in the Vader suit. And, like, they make him in that sequence still be, like, Anakin, like, where he still is, like, you know, Anakin's back, basically. Because he, you know, when when Luke gives his whole spiel, like, Mon Mothma's, like, you know, so, uh, Lord Vader, like, can you, like, contest this? And he's like, no, you know, I I. I did all this, you know, it's sure, okay. you know, the, the dark side was, was there, but I did all this. Like, he's basically like saying, Hey, yeah, I did it. Um, so, you know, he basically admits to his guilt and, you know, they go, they, uh, make Vader go stay in a holding cell. And, you know, he agrees like Mon Mothma's like, will, will, as long as he like tells us the information where all the Imperials are and stuff, like, hmm. you know, we'll, we'll consider letting him survive. So they go and, you know, he goes through the whole process for, like, a few weeks or whatever. And then it cuts back to, like, you know, the next, like, court hearing, basically. And they sentence Vader still to, like, death by firing squad, by, like, a rebel firing squad. And, at, and the way, like, the guy cuts this up, it's, like, so emotional. Because, like, I was getting tingles. I was like, oh, man, this is, like, sad. Like, you know, the, the way the guy edited this was amazing. And, like, so it's great. So you have, uh, so you have Vader and then you have Han, Luke, and Leia. And Chewie, and then you have the rebels. You know, Vader gets transported to this area where there a firing squad's going to happen, and like Luke's standing there in the back of the room with like his hood up, just like staring, like like he's like, I can't believe like I couldn't save him, and like even tells Anakin across the room, he's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't, you know, save you, father, and he's like, it's fine, son, like you know, I'll I'll pay for what I've done, and like soon as like they line up to do the firing squad, Luke jumps in in the middle and pulls out his lightsaber and he's like no i can't let you guys hurt him you know he's he's you know he was corrupted and it's great because at this point you're like holy crap what is gonna go on Hmm. and you literally like out of nowhere um you know they're like move general skywalker and they all like pull their pull their guns on him and all of a sudden like a stun blast like shoots a bunch of the rebel troopers and then you know you look over he looks over and like leia's there and she's like i know i'm like I know I shouldn't be doing this, but you need to, you need to run. And like, right. basically Luke and Vader go and hop in a ship and like, you know, go on the run and stuff. And Whoa. it's a, it's a dang good audio drama. Like, like I said, the guy edited it perfectly. Like it, it had me all the emotional chills, like of all the lines you'd imagine Vader saying as Anakin, like, like they were there and it was like, Oh man, this guy like nailed it. But yeah, if anyone wants to check it out, it's um, called What Did Vader Survive? Return of the Jedi on Concord Jedi's YouTube channel, and it is, it's phenomenal. 
Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, now, interesting thing is about a week ago, they released um, some new Black Series figures, and one of them is the white Darth Vader. Like, he's the, mm -hmm. the, the, the armor. Now, is that, like, what you said, is that, like, an adaptation of that story, or is this, like, a completely new story? Because it's, like, what is that, Star Wars Infinities or something like that? I don't no, this know. was this was from a, a year ago. This video was from a year ago. Oh. What I'm saying, though, so, is, like, maybe he, I don't know what the actual story was I'm, from oh, the I'm comics. Oh, I'm not sure. I don't know if, like, that's an adaptation, because I know a lot of people like to do that. They'll ad adapt, like, the comics and put them on, on a YouTube channel oh. with, like, audio. Oh. Oh no! It it wasn't comics because it was he took live shots from like the movies. Oh okay. So so like he did that, um, and then it's great because like you know like of course they still have to add like even a little bit of uh funny like you know add a little bit of Star Wars comedy in there. So like when when Han and Leia and Chewie are getting ready to go on the run, you know Lando's out there and Lando's like, you know I know you guys you know you guys shouldn't be doing this like this is a big mistake, um, blah blah blah. And, and like they're yeah. like we trust we, you know we trust Luke we're, we're gonna do this for him, you know Lando laughs he's like well you know if you want to do this you got to stun me you got to make it look good and and Leia's like I've always wanted to do this and you know yeah. she stuns him, but uh you know they they have like little things like that in there and then you know Luke basically goes on the run with Vader to potentially try to like clear his name and eventually start like a new Jedi order and it's great because like you have a moment where Vader gets rid of like the main part of his helmet, like looking back on his past and all kinds of stuff. And it's, it, uh, it's phenomenal. Like it, it's a great, great audio drama. Like I can't recommend it enough. And that's okay. So this is exactly what I wanted to happen, have happen at the end of the rise of Skywalker. Like I really yep. wanted Ben Solo to actually pay for his crimes and actually yeah. go on trial, get exiled, whatever his fate would be. Cause we just never see that in star Wars. Like what happens if the bad guy has to live with what he's done? They always just die. And that was like a weak ending um, for that movie, yep. in my opinion. And, and, but this, this, this story seems like they, they got that done pretty good and compelling. Oh yeah. Well. Oh, oh, it, it's phenomenal. I'll send it to you guys in the chat um, after we get done with the show, but it's, it's a really good list. Like I said, it's about 25 minutes long. And I was surprised because, you know, you know, as we know, sometimes some of the fan edits and things are like, OK, this is not great. But the guy actually got like, you know, voice actors around to like do the voices and stuff and and everything. And like I said, the Luke sounds good. The Leia sounds good. Han sounds pretty good. Um, overall, like it's it's a really good like if I would have to rate it on a standalone audio drama, I would easily say it's like a four and a half out of five. Like it is really, really good. Um, yeah, it's it's. It's excellent. Like, and, and it makes you, it's see, they set it up perfectly. Like, you know, we talk about like cliffhangers and stuff, but they set it up perfectly where you want the next episode. And I saw the guy just posted a video on his channel the other day saying, Hey, like, you know, I know a lot of you've been like checking out this video because it must be just like popping off in the algorithm or something because it's over like a hundred thousand views now. But he, uh, he said they want to try to start working on a potentially like second episode continuing on this, like what if series Vader with Vader. Um, but it's, it's really good. Like surprisingly for, you know, just being a fan making it like hats off to him. Yeah. What do you have to say about this one, Milton? I know you're a fan of, of watching a lot of these like legends content and stuff on YouTube. Mm -hmm. uh, look, for what, what I was listening to, I I'm invested. I mean, yeah. cause actually I'm looking at it right now. Like I pulled up on the YouTube and I pulled up the video. It's here. It's like 24 minutes. So yep. I'll probably want to watching that eventually. And just, just for the snippet, of what you said, and that's just what a two-minute synopsis you gave. Yeah, sounds better than what we saw in the sequel trilogy. 
just yeah. saying. Like, like the moment, and the moment that really gave me chills, like I said, so much was when Luke jumped in the middle of all the rebel troopers. It was like, oh man, like it literally just got me like hyped. I was like, man, this is like, that's what I thought, Milton. I was like, man, why could we not started like, I mean, given, you know, of course we didn't have the, the technology and stuff, but why couldn't we right. start like episode seven that way? Like, like, or at man, least, just at least give something. us like, well, because you know, I think of, and here's here's the thing. I think of the the what what the plot. That sounds like the plot of what the Force Unleashed three was going to be. Yep. Because mm-hmm. the Force Unleashed was going to be Vader going on trial, but mm-hmm. then him flipping it, him flipping it on them, and pretty much him setting it up as like a trap, and he gets away, and they go hunting for him again. You know, and that's how they end that trilogy. But like that whole story itself, I mean. You honestly could have that. That could have been like a prologue to yep. episode seven. That honestly, that that's a perfect prologue. Yeah. Because yeah. that that's going to then set up what seven is in a sense of like, okay, Luke is obviously still an optimistic hero, but he obviously was burnt by what happened to him, and and, and they could have tied it into whatever story they wanted to tell. But yeah. it sounds like a perfect prologue or a perfect like miniseries for like two episodes or something to tell before the actual yeah. trilogy films. I, I, mean, I don't know, but you... it, it was dope. Yeah, I mean, heck, you even get, like, you know, Yoda and Obi-Wan popping in, talking yeah. to Vader, like, you know, counseling, counseling him, basically saying, like, yeah, like, you may be re- redeemed, but, you know, it's still not, it's still, you're still not, like, paying yeah. for all your, your crimes you've done here, man. Right, right. Yeah, and, and let's be real, and realistically, if we're looking at the rationale of the actual story, does it make sense to have Vader survive? No, it doesn't. No. However... <laughs> That's why it's a what if, but then it's a, it's a, this is why I do like fans and fandom and fan stories like and fan theories. You know, we, we've seen like the Star Wars theories out there doing his old Vader series or whatnot. You saw yep. those guys that they, they remastered the episode four Vader versus Obi-Wan scene. Yep. Like, I love these fans. Oh, we saw the Darth Maul one like a couple years ago. Remember that, Chris? Oh, yep. yeah. Uh, the, the, like, I love that fans they really care about this particular ip so much that they want to be creative make their own stories and it's amazing that you take a guy who put together just pictures and audio to tell a 25 minute story that people are like wow i want more of this you know like like i said yeah like i said literally when you listen to it it literally will give you chills when it gets to some of those parts because it's like man this is so good like and that and that's what's great and that's why like i think Part of my and I, my only negative comment would be I wish Star Wars would put that type of attention into the actual th- items that they have. Now we we get that with like the mini series that they do, and yeah. hopefully Obi Wan's like that. But I'm saying is like you got these nobodies out here impressing millions of people on YouTube who can't make you any money off of it. Facts, because Star Wars theory couldn't make money off of his, you and then sued. you got. And then you got Lucasfilm, who's a multi-billion-dollar industry or a company that, yeah, they're making bank, but people aren't receptive to those movies like universally. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. like, come on, man, you, you got nobody's out here creating somewhat better content than your movies. That's a problem. And and, and, I, and I've always said, I've always said it. We've all said it here. Sometimes fans shouldn't be in charge of a property. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But come on, man, like. Lord have mercy. You got these people out here busting their asses, making no money doing this. And it's like, wow, that's yeah. so great. And that's what I love about fandom of Star Wars, too, is that they have that imagination to push it. And that keeps us invested. And it keeps the property going long after the films. Oh, yeah. I can't wait to hear your reaction on this audio drama, Milton, because I really think you're going to like it. 
Yeah, I'll listen to it. Trust me, I'll I'll, yeah. I'll listen. It's good. So so there you go. Ben will post the the link to this in in, in the chat there below. Yep. Uh, and we're gonna welcome everybody to the chat. We got Aaron. We got Chris. As I mentioned, he was my pal around at Fan Expo Philly. Thanks, everybody, for being in chat. If you are in a chat currently, go ahead and give us a thumbs up to let us know how we're doing, right. and you can always leave us feedback. We are also available to download on any podcast streaming network from Spotify to Apple Music to Google Play. We're all on there, and we go live every Friday around 9 o'clock Eastern. So getting into it, we had a couple comics come out this week. We had Star Wars issue number 22 and Darth Vader issue number 22. And, well, you can hear my thoughts and watch my thoughts on the channel right now for those reviews. But I will say, and I kind of wanted to wait to have a, at least mention this. I know there's been a lot going on Twitter recently in the comic book Star Wars fan groups there, uh, the community. It seems like this era of the comics, the storytelling is running a little bit too long in the tooth. It seems like a lot of these stories are being mm. hampered because they're all tied into one event um but it's going on too long it's going on too long you can tell that the writers that are responsible for their comics are having to like kind of write themselves in circles because they have to wait for another issue to go certain in into the future for them to catch up so i'm going to break this down so we have the crimson rain it's spun out of war of the bounty hunters and you know i was talking about war of the bounty hunters it was like 20 weeks worth of content that was coming out and when that ended the next era was the Crimson Reign, which was still in that Empire Return of the Jedi era. And now we have Star Wars comics, Bounty Hunters, Darth Vader, Dr. Aphra. They all have to kind of fit into this miniseries of Crimson Reign. And in doing so, again, I feel like it's kind of hampering the, the creativity of the writers on Bounty Hunters, Star Wars, uh, uh, and all the other ones, Dr. Aphra, Darth Vader, because they have to stay in this this their lane they can't go out too far because they have to deal with connective tissue and mm. that's good for a while but when it's been like a year and we're still kind of like what's going on with darth vader's story like it seems like it's not really going that far forward the star wars series is finally going somewhere um but it's just speaking to a lot of the fans are like okay like let's move into return of the jedi already like we've been here long enough and and that's that. That's kind of a bummer because it, Legends, man, Shadows of the Empire is my f like favorite storyline, and they had so much going into it with Dash Rendar and Zizor and the things on Coruscant and just like the things with the Emperor and, and Vader and Zizor. Like that whole power struggle was awesome, and I feel like War of the Bounty Hunters had a lot of potential, but it's just they're taking too long telling the story maybe in hindsight it'll be better when you're like reading just to trade paperbacks and you could read it in like one day but like this whole like drawing things out and the fact of the matter is that a lot of these comics are getting delayed so we're getting certain issues that aren't even out until like two months later from the <clears throat> previous one so that's where it really feels bad oh, it's like okay like where's the story well, oh we have to wait until the next month because they got like delayed all all of a sudden well and i don't know that's anything that they control because there's like a paper shortage supposedly or something like that that they always say but it's just it's kind of getting to the point where i'm getting a, a little bit kind of impatient at this point we'll say we'll say that oh yeah well like the issue with something like that is you know for your um comics for books for even tv shows if you leave too long of a gap in between 
then that makes people think, okay, let me think what happened in the last issue. So mm-hmm. let me like, you know, versus just rolling into the next one. So like, you know, that'd be a pain because I wouldn't have to, like, don't get me wrong, I love Star Wars and whatever, etc. But like, I wouldn't have to keep rereading it if if it's like the company's fault they're not releasing, you know, the, the comics in time and stuff. Because I don't want, like, I don't mind a couple months on TV shows and movies or whatever um, in between. But when it comes to, like, a comic, like, specifically a comic, you want the next issue, like, ASAP. You don't want it to be two months in between. Um, And I just think that is way too much of a lag time. Heck, you may get some people who potentially say, like, say if a comic comes out at the end of April and um, say they read it. And then say the next comic doesn't come out until, let's just say, July or August. They may even forget that comic exists, like the Mm -hmm. one that came out in April. Like, like there's so many issues when you when you're when you're um, delaying releases and stuff like that. It's just I don't know. I feel like that's such a um, a bad thing. Like to be inconsistent. Well, that would be like us, for example. Like, what if we would go like four weeks on on the podcast, two weeks off, one week on, three weeks off? Like, you know, if we have an inconsistent schedule every week, like this 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 show wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I yeah, think, like what, I said, and, and normally on. what would happen is, I'm about to say, what normally would happen is, if that would happen, Ben, like we would make an announcement and say, hey, you know, yeah. next two weeks we got blah, blah, blah. We'll be back yep. on this date and we'll be back on that date. Yep. You know, like I, you're right. Because I think a lot of the comic book issues that I've had, because the only one I've actually um, read that's non Star Wars actually is the Batman 89 comic. Oh yeah, that's kind of like yeah. I don't know if you guys have read that one, but I, I read that and the uh, the uh, the long Halloween. Yeah, so like the Batman '89 comic came out sometime last year, yeah. and there's only six or seven episodes, or or uh, or six or seven comics coming out. They only released like four thus far, and it's been like three months since the last one. And it's like, yeah. what the hell? And then like usually I have to remember. I'm thinking, oh wait, this was coming out soon. I need to look it up. But they don't they don't announce anything, which is the problem. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with your premise, Ben. I think they need to be more consistent with it. If they're going to delay it, make the announcement early and say, hey, this is our target date. You know, you got to keep people invested. Yeah, That's what at least see. communicate. Communicate. At least the big facts. Thing. Absolutely. You'll see shows on like CW, whatever network, though we're taking their hiatus, we'll be back in four weeks. And they'll say on this date, we're back. And then yeah. they'll hype it up. When they get two weeks there, you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's one of the biggest flag marks of like like the CW. I always love it every year when it comes to the CW. The way they build up their shows, like um, God, we always reference Arrow, but Arrow, Arrow did it so well, so that's why it's so easy yeah. to reference. But like Arrow, when they would build up, they would build up, build up, build up to their holiday special around Christmas time, and be like, "Okay, guys, we have the next three weeks off. See you in the middle of January." And then everyone was hyped, you know, going into January, like you know, and it worked because they told us. Yeah. what was coming and, and, and you always planned. knew you always knew that that december episode was their mid-season finale yep so i was like okay boom once we get this we'll get we'll, we'll we'll let you down for a couple of weeks in a sense of reset and then we'll have that mid-season you know yep. episodes restart which is perfect but but they, again they communicated yeah. yeah yeah i think the whole comic book industry is a lot of people are seeing this already is they're kind of shifting it looks like to survive they're shifting more to a digital front. Like I will, I won't be surprised if like five years from now, I'm not going to my local store anymore. It's just mm-hmm. the way things are going. It's just people consume things on apps, on tablets, rather than getting the comics, you know, yeah. through, through paper. Well, all, um, look at our and, movies. And, and like, logistics we, we buy all digital. Paper. 
Yeah. And another thing is, right, when your comics are comics, right, they're supposed to come out monthly for the most part from, from the beginning of time, I believe. So when the writers are writing, they have to write a certain way to like have a cliffhanger in each issue. But what if they were to just start releasing these in like a trade paperback form only? Like, can you imagine how the writing would differ? Then yeah. having to basically pace out a, a five issue book to have these checkpoints at every every issue rather than writing with one purpose to have like one cohesive like ending uh, i'm not saying that they're not cohesive but like writing to have a, a book read in one sitting rather than ha writing to have a book read in five sittings like that could be huge and i'd be interested to see like star wars delve into that more like i know they're gonna have dark horse as their new publisher later this year I would like to see Dark Horse experiment and say, hey, let's let's put out this this Clone Wars story that we never got on the screen. We're going to just put it out in a single book um, and you could pick it up at, at Barnes and Noble or Amazon or whatever. You know, I think that could be really cool and, and a good way to kind of like bring comics back. Because when people hear like, oh, I have to read like a 32 issue run of something, I don't think they're as apt to try to start, you know, rather than right. have something self-contained like five issues or something in one book, you know. Yeah. 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 Trust me. Like, like if you're asking me, like if I'm going to read something like this is why I'm not a big comic reader personally, I want to read it in one go. You know, I want to read the story in one go and like, you know, move on to the next story, like move on. Let's find the next one. Like, I don't want it to get drug out and drug out and drug out. That's like, you know, we've all read the books that are just way too long. And you're like, man, is this book ever going to end? <laughs> um, like, like to me that, that, like, for example, I'm not the biggest Harry Potter fan. I can 100% say that. And, like, I read through those books, and, man, that was a chore, reading those <laughs> books. And, and, and you know, that's just kind of like this thing. Like, like, are you – why drag out the comics? Like, I feel like, like you said, some of these things could be turned into paperbacks. Or even if, for example, like your, uh, say, 32 issues, why not just split it up into four separate eight-issue books, you know, or something? Yeah, I think the one way to get out of this right now is to just say, hey, we're, we're, we're stopping Star Wars at, let's just say, issue 30. We're stopping Bounty Hunter. We're stopping all the comics at issue 30. We're going to have one trade paperback that just finishes off the timeline up until Return of the Jedi. Just wrap it up. I, um, I'll be very... Here's what I think is going to happen. The 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi is next year. So I think if we'll probably get some kind of announcement, hopefully at celebration saying, Hey, you know, the 40th anniversary, 2023, we're going to start our, our return of the Jedi post uh, comic book runs. Mm -hmm. And I really hope that they don't announce like four series that are running concurrent again. I, I hope <laughs> that they hear the feedback and let's spread things out. I know right now we have the Halcyon legacy, which is like a, a comic series based on the Halcyon hotel, but it's got like all these different, like, mini stories inside that like go for throughout the galaxy like clone wars high republic um we also have a han solo and chewbacca mini series that's out we're gonna get a mandalorian uh the adaptations so, like those things are good because they're like all separated throughout the, the saga like why would you want to have like four or five comics in the same exact time period when there's so much other places to explore so much other places of the galaxy and um I think I spoke enough about this this topic, but that would be my two cents if they don't announce like that they're wrapping this up like next like like at the celebration next month. I'll be worried and I'll be like, okay, what are they doing here? 
So, I mean, I still didn't get my Dash Rendar. I still didn't get my Prince Zizor in the flesh, even though his name got mentioned. And I still didn't see the Outrider. So until those things happen in this era, I won't be happy. <laughs> and I know it's a lot hey, to ask knows? for. Let's just, let's just get him in Mando. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. So that's what's happening in comics. Uh, again, you can check out my, my video review there. But I, I do, do want to give an update on me and Ben. We were talking at length about Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga. Real quick, if you guys are watching on YouTube, you could actually see a playthrough of my uh, Attack of the Clones here on YouTube. So there, there's a bonus for those of you podcast listeners. You can check out this week's video for some some added footage. So go check that out. But um, Ben, I'll leave it to you first. Yeah. I know you said earlier you're in Attack of the Clones. So this is actually perfect footage as I'm rolling it now yep. um, well, to, um, to talk over this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Before I hop into Attack of the Clones, I do want to give a quick shout out, actually, to Star Wars. Like, I give them a shout out and, you know, a good uh, pat on the back. They must have hired a new social media manager or something. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but this week... It literally just started like this past Monday. They are like interacting with fans. Like they're replying to fans on Twitter. Like I was completely stunned on Monday when I like, you know, just was on the treadmill. And I was scrolling through Twitter. I was like, what in the world? The Star Wars account is like joking around back and forth with fans on Twitter. I was like, finally, they must have hired a new social media manager. And it's great. To me, that's like a really great look because it's like finally like, Star Wars isn't looking like this, like, just cold machine on Twitter, you know. They're actually showing some personality. So, like, I want to give a big shout-out to whoever's the new social media manager over there. Yeah, I see that they just put up an image yep. about Dexter Jexter and celebrating the 20 years yep. of, of Attack of the Clones. And, mm -hmm. yeah, especially him. So, that, that's a lot of fun. That's my yeah. favorite character there. Oh, yeah, I, I loved it. Like, it's like, finally, we're getting some good communication. But, uh... Yeah, speaking of Attack of the Clones, yeah, I really, I'm liking it so far. I got to the Droid Factory, and I noticed the, uh, I noticed the glitchy, like, or whatever you would call it, you know, it like the laggy, right? Yeah, laggy. I guess would be the right word. Yeah, laggy. It felt kind of, definitely felt kind of laggy, but um, but like I'm really enjoying it as a whole. For me, I'm taking the game like slowly. I guess you would say. I'm basically playing, my plan is I'm going to play one episode per week leading up to Kenobi. So like this week is Attack of the Clones, next week is um, Revenge of the Sith, and so on and so on and so on. But uh, but yeah, it's a lot of fun. Like I'm really enjoying it. Um, I feel like, I feel like Attack of the Clones, like some of the, some of the levels feel like they're, like it still has that little bit of like quick pace feel to it, like, like Phantom Menace did. But I am really liking it, like, the overall, uh, I guess you would say openness, like we talked about before. Like, I, I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. And I think the overall control of the characters have been really well. Like, the, uh, like I, I think my favorite part of the game so far in terms of, like, new things added, I like the, I really, really am enjoying the new lightsaber mechanics. Like, it's not just, like, spam um, spam X or whatever, you know, like there's different things you can do with it. Like, I'm really, really liking that aspect to the game because it's making it feel more like you're more in control versus just spamming buttons. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And you know, just the overall look of the game has been, you know, just beautiful. I think, I think it's, I think they've done a really good job on the graphics and designs and you know, I'm looking forward to like finishing up episode two. I'm probably gonna do that this weekend. Um, but yeah, that's, that's been kind of my like initial impression so far. And I noticed also um, 
when you switch over and play as R2D2, he's definitely like OP versus opponents on there. Like, uh, you know, he definitely like I don't know what it is. It's 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 funny, like, you know, when you have him like attacking droids or whatever, like he definitely is like um a really powerful character, surprisingly. Yeah, I haven't played a lot with him, although he is featured heavily in um, the Jabba the Hutt Sail Barge boss battle. So that's that's a <laughs> lot of fun. Actually, I think I have footage of that in my review. So yes, as I said next week, last week, I was like, I'm going to try to get my review out. I did put it out as of yesterday. So go ahead, check that review out. I, I give a glowing review. I gave it a 9 out of 10. Um, this is up there with one of the best Star Wars games ever made. I, I know it sounds crazy. Yep. Like, what, a Lego game? But when you're talking about including so much content for one price, no DLC, just so much content, and like you don't understand how much content in this game until you actually beat the game, and then you realize, oh my god, like every one of the hub worlds takes like an hour to explore. Like there's probably a hundred hours of game in this. I'm not even kidding. Like I'm I'm yep. probably close to forty hours. No, maybe maybe closer to thirty. But what I will say is, and, and you guys are gonna be going what. One of the best levels in the game is the Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it's that good, and I had I had a really strong feeling that 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 movie would be one of the best levels in the game, because the movie itself is just full of action and it moves at a really brisk pace, and like there's a, a lot game. of cool gaming mechanics in that level from like riding on those like orsos or whatever the, those horses are on the side of the Star Destroyer to fighting against the freaking Knights of Ren and the, the, the Supremacy Guards on Exegol to um, the Pisana speeder chase when you're, like, on rails, like, firing at the guys on the speeder. Like, there's so much fun in that level. Um, so I, I was at least happy to see, like, like you know, at least the Rise of Skywalker is going to get probably some props from the fans because at least the, the game makes it pretty good, so. But, um, and as I just mentioned, like, once you beat the game, that's not it. Like, once you beat all the levels, like, that's where the game opens up. And I'm, and I'm having a ball. Like, I spent over an hour just on Mustafar alone. And, and the reason why you're going to these planets again is you want to unlock the Kyber crystals or the Kyber bricks, which unlock different abilities. But then you also use your studs, which you get from, like, basically destroying anything. The studs you get are used to buy ships, are used to buy characters, are used to buy extras. So I currently in the game have almost, not even kidding, two billion studs <laughs> in the game. I have been, I found a way to farm um, a certain aspect of the game to get a lot of these studs. So what you have to do is you have to go into the extras menu and you actually can um, uh, choose to use these like unit card things on these multipliers. And there's like hmm. multiplier times two, four, six eight ten and they all add up in a stack so right now i have a multiplier of like three thousand something on my bricks <laughs> and if and i found the the best farm one of the best farming spots is to go into a space battle and like you you fight in any solar system for long enough and like maybe it takes two or three of those like little space battles which take all of like 30 seconds and it spawns in a capital ship so i was just farming the space around geonosis and then they would keep summoning like a, a Lucra Hulk, like droid control ship. And it's like you destroy the control ship, which again, only takes like two minutes and you get like so many bricks. So I just kept doing that over and over again <laughs> for about two hours. And I ended up unlocking like all this, all the um, multiplier upgrades. And now <laughs> I have like almost two billion studs. And that's to put that great. in perspective for anybody that's not playing the game, like the most expensive thing I bought was 3 million credits. And 
that's for a capital ship to buy. Then everything else, like a character, ranges from like 30,000 to 500,000. So I basically can buy everything in the game right now. <laughs> so it's just like, now I'm just basically trying to go through the game 100%ing it. But a lot of the fun activities are actually in the free play mode. And for instance, there's like a mission I just did. I'm on Utapal just questing along that. And I had to feed the Varactyls like these crystal things. So you have to like use the force as a Jedi character to like move these things around and throw them up and, and get them. And then they basically, all these Varactyls eat these crystals and throw up like um, a Kyber crystal that you have to use the force to like put together. And that's how you get it. And, and another, another example... Um, of one was like when I was walking on Mustafar, I found like this little entrance in a doorway and it led me to like a speakeasy for droids where like droids were like dancing on tables to like a remixed version of Duel the Fates. <laughs> like it was so That's weird. Great. And I just basically killed all the droids and then it gave me a Kyber, a Kyber brick. So <laughs> like there's so much fun to be had and, and a lot of just very simple Kyber bricks, but then some of them actually caused me to like sit there and think like oh how am i gonna get this thing oh there's a switch that i can't see that i have to like use a certain character like use a grapple hook to get and then i can go over here and get this thing so a lot of the game is is just a lot of fun like that um another really cool thing about the free play mode is you can actually go back into certain missions and play as any character so you can do some really funny things like i i, I put a picture uh, in the group chat about anakin versus anakin on and i mean like young anakin potter yep. and anakin versus Darth Vader Anakin on Mustafar. <laughs> and it was just freaking hilarious how you could how you could do that stuff, you know? Oh, yeah, that's great. Well, um, I was going to say, Chris, I meant to message you about this in the group chat um, earlier. So my cousin actually discovered on the A New Hope mission on uh, on Tantive 4, if you go into one of the side rooms, like they're covered, like the, the doorway is covered by like an electric thing. So you have to like oh, disable yeah. it and go in but when you go in he discovered so if you go in you know most of the time when we're playing these lego games we're just destroying everything collecting all those studs um if you don't destroy one of the boxes that are sitting on the ground if you just uh like punch it with your character it'll knock the top off of the box and if you look down into the box it actually is full of hard copies of the original star wars lego games actually what? and they're like they're actual they, yeah he sent me the snapchat he sent me a video they're literally the hard copy covers of, of lego the original star wars game like the original original one from like 20 2008 or whatever and it is and so he said he he uh he saw it like someone posted it on youtube so he went back in there and he said oh yeah i destroyed that box but it's like it's right in the tanta four when you're like walking around like if you look over, like there's a there's like an electric fence thing. If you disable it, go in and knock off the cover. It has the actual old Star Wars uh, Lego games inside of the box. <laughs> oh man, that that's so cool. And, and that's another thing, right? Is the people at TT Games they put a lot of love into this game because you could just see it everywhere. From a lot of there's so many Easter eggs that I don't know if anybody will ever well, find them all. And and apparently that's an Easter egg though. It must be so. Keep an eye out for those boxes when you're playing um, through the free play modes and stuff as you're grinding it out. Because he found another one of those boxes in Phantom Menace as well, and it was the same thing. It had the the Lego games in it, like in Phantom oh, Menace as well. Yeah, okay. so they're, they must. I think they they have to be throughout the game. Okay, I, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even there's some aspects of the game like like people love this part when you just like idle your characters, like you just don't have them do anything. A lot of the times they'll actually talk to one another or they'll do something like really fun. 
like like at one point like Coyote Mundy was just like pulling out these like little like miniature figures and just like moving them around in his hands as he was standing there. Um, if you get certain characters together, like you get Young Annie and you get Darth Vader, like they'll have a conversation about like Annie's like, oh, I like I like your armor. Like, how can I get it? And Vader's like, oh, be patient, you know, <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Like like there's a lot of really cool things that they added to the game that like they didn't have to do. But that just to show you, like, those are the, what the delays do. When you get, get, you know, delays like that, like, all the time, they're adding, hopefully, stuff like that 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 really makes the game feel like it's a lot more alive, a lot fuller. Um, another thing I have to mention, as I mentioned Shadows of the Empire earlier, I actually did get the, uh, the Outrider. Or it's not specifically the Outrider. It's the YT-2400, the same model. But I was just over the moon. I put something on Twitter about it because yep. <laughs> this is the first time I was actually able to control the ship since freaking 1997's Shadow of the Empire. And I'm not switching that ship. Like, that's the only ship I've used. I don't care. That's the only ship I need. Like, especially when yep. I'm going against a droid control ship, I feel like I'm going against the Skyhook in, in, in the space around Coruscant. <laughs> you know, I feel like <laughs> I'm Dash Rendar. It's like, damn it, somebody put him in a game. It's like, the closest thing I have yep. is a young Han Solo. So, <laughs> okay. got to use Han to pilot it. <laughs> yeah, basically, basically. Um, but yeah, there, there you go. So that's my little aside, my little update on Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. Uh, let us know in the comment section below. Are you guys playing this game? I know a lot of Star Wars fans. That's that's the big thing everybody's talking about uh, this week and last week. So a lot of fun there. But speaking of Lego, as I'm doing free play mode. You know, very slow news week. I said, hmm, what can we talk about? I said, oh, let's talk about the planets of Star Wars. Because we haven't had, like, a good discussion on, like, some of our favorite planets and, and what goes on. Because I'm cruising through the galaxy in the game. I'm like, there are so many planets, as you guys see the thumbnail. It's just in the, in the Lego game, it's just a ton of them. Uh, so so I, we'll just kind of go around the virtual room here. And, and, and however you want to go about choosing them, I think I'm going to just go ahead and just pick maybe one one planet from each of the of the trilogies and kind of talk about it um mm. so i mean I'll, I'll i'll start off i'll be like okay so uh, going from the prequels i really would like uh, the planet of kashik uh kashik for me goes back way back to knight's old republic where you know we were playing through that um the shadowlands you're going down there you meet jolie bindu and, and you got this uh Zalbar and everybody and the wookies are are uprising against some of the sith oppressors and everything about that was really cool it's basically like endor but you know bigger trees essentially because they get the uh, roshier trees which you know mm. are basically like steel like they build their ships out of roshier and just Everything with with uh, episode three, right? Seeing that whole battle is just one of those scenes that is so quick. But I just always tend to like watch watch that scene over and over again. The, the aesthetic of it, just the beachfront, kind of like D Day, sort of with like Wookies and scout troopers and different things like that. And then it comes back into one of my favorite games of all time, which is Jedi Fallen Order, where you actually spend a decent amount of time, like right after. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, or a couple years after, and you have like the the resistance of the Wookiees led by um, Tar, uh, not not Captain Tarful. Yeah, I was thinking of Tarples, not not the Gungan Tarful, the Wookiee. <laughs> it's Gungan. Uh, see, this is what what's happening when you're playing Lego Star Wars. All these names blend together. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I really like like Kashyyyk. I know, but there's there's so many other planets. Like I would I would have to mention Felucia if I'm talking about about planets because that. Is one of those plants that I want to see more Star Wars planets like 
because it's so out there. It's like not an earthy planet. Like they have to literally CG that planet when they make it because it's the fungi and everything else. It's 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 hard to make that. Although I think there was a miniature of it that they must have filmed. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. so so I'll throw it over to you guys. Do, would you guys agree on either of those planets I mentioned with Kashyyyk or Felucia? Uh, I would say between those two, I'd probably be more interested in Felucia just because we only got a glimpse of it. Um, now I know that that planet's in the, uh, well, both planets are in the Force Unleashed video game, the first one. So we do get the we do we get, we oh, do get yeah. to spend time with them. Um, but live action though, I think Felucia would be a good one to definitely explore, especially when it comes to prequels. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have to, I have to agree with you both. Like, I think, I think both planets are significant. For me, God, the funny thing is, like with me, a lot of a lot of my planet experiences, sure, like movies and books and stuff, but it goes back to those old Battlefront games, man. Like I, like like the Kashyyyk level on Battlefront is incredible because you know you're you're the clones having to defend defend mm -hmm. the oil refineries on Kashyyyk and everything. Yeah. That's like so much fun. Like that's a classic thing. And then when you're on Felucia, um, like that that's a lot of fun because. You know, especially when you're playing it in first person, too, like it adds more to the effect since it's all foggy. You literally have accolades like everywhere, like swarming. So, like, I don't know. It just really, um, they both are really interesting planets to me. But if I had to pick one, we would explore more. I would have to say, I'd probably have to say Felucia just because we haven't seen it as much. Right. And the potential, like, seeing more accolades on screen, like, potentially, I don't oh. know, having, potentially having. Like, think about how wild this would be. Like, what if Mando, like, I mean, we see Mando crash a hundred times by now. What if Mando crashes his hundred and first time on Felucia and him and Grogu are having to go through this foggy area, having Acklays, like, you know, chasing him down and stuff like that would add, add such like a horror vibe to the show. Like, like imagine, like, I don't know, just seeing it in live action again, I think would be a blast. Oh yeah, I mean, so so. What about you, Bill? What are what are a planet or two that you, that you would pick from the prequels? Mm. Good question. Um, well, I'll give I'll give this as an honorable mention. This isn't my actual one, but because we only saw it for like a second or two, uh, my honorable mention of one of my favorite planets would be Cato Nymordia. When we only got a glimpse of it in Revenge of the Sith, we need to see that planet more often because I know they mention it once and then. And Revenge of the Sith, and we see it for like five seconds yeah. uh, when, when Plo Koon gets killed. So we need to see that planet more. But one that I really like, oh my goodness, it's between, honest to God, it's between Naboo and Coruscant. Um, I, you know what, Naboo. Because Coruscant, I mean, that planet is just, it's special, and that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Naboo... I, I wish we'd got more of that, which we have. We got a lot of it now. Now to think about it, but I wish that planet was featured. I think more like moving forward, um, just because I want to see what it looked like. I want to see how it tied into Leia's story. I know we got a little bit of that in the comics with like Palpatine's yeah. like final, um, final, uh, you know, Operation you know, mission Center. or our, yes, there we go. So I don't know. I've always loved Naboo. I, I've always liked that planet. I just enjoyed the way it looked. It felt very much it was a real planet. It felt real, like like we could like it could be our planet, you know. I love the Roman architecture, Italian, you know, plant like the way it looked, you know. And I think a lot of it was filmed. Well, the interior was filmed in what a lot of Italian buildings. Mm -hmm. 
Like, yep. I know, like, Lake Cuomo was used a couple times. A couple of the temples or, like, I guess cathedrals were used as, like, you know, fill-ins as, you know, the palace, which is dope. Like, I love that. So that that's why I think I like that planet because it felt very much we could live there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that was probably my go-to. But honorable mention would be Cato Nymordia. Like, we need we need to see that planet. Well, we're going to read a lot about this. I'll be reading a lot about it. You guys might be hearing a lot about it in the upcoming book, Star Wars Brotherhood by Mike Chen at the beginning of the month, that, that Obi-Wan and Anakin book, all about that business on Kato Moria that you, that you referenced there, Milton. So, But we did see a lot of it, and, and arguably probably too much of it in The Force Unleashed 2 because that was like one of the three planets or three whatever areas yes. you go in the game. I was like, yes. really? Like, we're going to go back? Here? Like, I, I think at one point they actually recycled a level of some sort. Like, you well, start off think... there and then you go back and it's like the same thing. And it's like, what the hell? I'm trying. I'm pretty sure, like, you do you save Rom Coda at one point? You go there to save it. Yeah. Because you're like yeah. falling. Th- it's pretty cool, though, because you're like falling through the sky. Yeah. That's and you're dope. like killing this big creature. Yeah. Now, I, now, I didn't realize. Again, I haven't played that one in a while. I need to play it, but like. Do you go back to that planet a second time? I think it's if it's not there, you go back to some other environment for a second time. Okay. So I was like, why? I know, I, I know they do Felucia twice, but oh. because that's in that's in the first game because the first time Felucia isn't taken over by the dark side. You know, oh. but then whenever whenever you kill Shock T, her apprentice falls to the dark side and like it corrupts the planet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, talking about Naboo, like that's like the idealistic planet, right? It's like this thing, it, it's so tranquil. But what's cool about Naboo, which a lot of times in these planets, we see like maybe one location, but we see a substantial amount of just the different ecosystems of Naboo from a uh, city of Theed inside the palace on the streets. And then you go into like the more um, desolate or isolated areas, like you get to see like what the swamps look like. You get to see the plains of Naboo. You get to see uh, like the transit system where they land in Attack of the Clones. And especially you get to see Otagunga, which is a complete other civilization. And that planet has one of the deepest histories in Star Wars lore because, you know, they make references to like the Gungans and this conflict that they've had with the Naboo and all this stuff. And it's really the Gungans planet, but the Naboo came... So that there's, they say a lot about Naboo, and um, yeah, I mean, it, it, other than just like a planet that looks nice, it definitely has a lot of cool, cool history about it. I think. Oh yeah, like we've, I mean, we've talked about it several times on here. Like Naboo, you know, I out of your choices, Milton, I would for sure say Naboo, I believe. But um, like we've talked about it a million times on here. Like, like if we were want to retire or even just go live somewhere permanently in Star Wars, it would be Naboo. Like build a build a nice little house out in the, I don't know, in the beautiful scenery of Naboo and like live yeah. like, like it just, it's such a um, perfect planet. It seems like, um, like, I don't know. It just seems like an ideal place. Like it doesn't seem like, obviously there would, you know, be crime or something on every planet, but it just doesn't seem like anything bad happens there. Like, That's what I'm saying. You know, yeah. like, like you wouldn't be in trouble. Like the Gungans seem like if you'd run into them, they'd be fairly friendly. Like you're not going to get taken out or something. But, um, like, I don't know, it just seems like, it just seems like Naboo would be a really great place to live in terms of, um, you know, in the uh, the prequel era. Oh, yeah. Ben, did you give us yours yet for the prequels? Yep, no, no not yet. I, uh, I would say, see, that's a tough one for me. Like, we, Naboo's up there. Um, 
but not to like just see Nabu again, just because, um, you know, we went over that. But like, I would say like in mine, I, man, that's a tough one. Like I really, other than Nabu, I would have to say, I really, man, that's a, that's a tough one. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting planets. Um, and the, that's one good thing we can give like props to for George Lucas. Like he really made some interesting planets in the, um, the prequel era. I would have to say, like, as long as, see, like, all the environments are so extreme. That's the funny part, if you think about it. Um, I would have to say probably, for me personally, I would probably say Geonosis. Because, like, it seems, it's not like Tatooine. It's not as, like, potentially not as crime-ridden because it's just, like, mm. Geonosians. So if you, like, I don't know, start a settlement out there, like, as long as you're good with the geonosians like you should in theory be good um like i feel like geonosis is an interesting planet just because like i'm into like the outdoors and like hiking and stuff like that so like i could see like going and exploring like some caves and mountainous terrain and and like geonosis like around the um like the the wilderness areas of that planet like i feel like geonosis would be a really good one and then another really good one for me in terms of star wars um prequel era would be like a callback to like the old Battlefront game. And then the funny thing is it was in, I believe it was in the new Battlefront novel that came out a couple of years ago, like in 2018 or 16 or whatever. Um, and one of the, um, one of the books under the Disney canon, it's only been referenced, I believe one time up to this point, but Renvar, the old planet um, from Star oh. Wars Battlefront. And yeah. yeah, like I, yep. I, I've, I've always really liked that planet a lot you know, just from old canon and then like in the, like the battlefront games, you know, it really, um, it felt like an interest. It felt like Hoth almost, but like actually civilized, like, you know, they had a city, like buildings, etc. Like it literally felt like it was like an actually, you know, a populated place. And then of course, like that's callbacks. Cause I believe that's where Anakin and, um, what's her name? Fight, uh, bald chick red lightsabers uh, Ventress. oh ventures oh ventures yeah i believe that's where ventures and anakin fight if i'm not mistaken in the um tartakovsky clone wars and one of their um conflicts so uh like you know there's some history there so yeah like i i really enjoyed um i think renvar is another really cool underrated planet for sure um in terms of star wars lore just because it uh you know it it's it's almost like ilum i guess you would say it's somewhat like ilum I remember. I, I think it's. Really yeah, we're, we'll we'll have a whole separate topic for like um, expand universe slash like canon stuff outside of the movies, um, yep. but I remember Renvar was from um, the old Clone Wars video game that I really like, the one yep. with like the gunship on the cover, and you go yep. there and there's like some ancient Jedi or ancient Sith that's like in this tomb, and you and I remember specifically because it's one of my favorite, another one of my favorite vehicles in Star Wars. It's like the saber class tank, the clone tank, and you're like flying around mm -hmm. there, like inside these ice caves, and you discover Ulaqualdromo or something like that. One of those. Yeah, you regions. go into those caves in the Battlefront game. Oh. Yeah, you do in the original, the original um, Battlefront games, both games in Battlefront One and Two and Renvar. You actually, they actually have those caves. Like you can go through those caves through the entire mountain system to get to like the other side of the map and everything. Wow, like okay. it's really cool. Okay, yeah, like so, it adds to that that lore, that connectivity. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I'll start off with the original trilogy here. I'm I'm torn between Tatooine and I think I'm going to end up choosing Bespin because something about Bespin always was like one of the highlights for me out of Empire Strikes Back, especially with like the special editions, like how they show like the new intro of like the Falcon like weaving in and out of the buildings. I just mm. love like the sky color, like that that pinkish reddish hue and the design of of the buildings and even the cloud cars themselves is like a two person cockpit vehicle was something so cool but just everything i guess and then it comes down to the story right like that's a huge moment in star wars lore it's just the whole confrontation between vader and luke but just like the scope of cloud city and they've gone over this in, in the um from a certain point of view empire strikes back book where they literally have like 10 different chapters on like different areas of like bespin and cloud city and it's like you start off and it's like you have the high society like living in these like upper buildings like the gas uh tabana gas like barons and all these people having money but then like as you see like luke skywalker fighting like there's all these vader there's all these different locations they constantly shift to more of like the industrial areas like you have the carbon freezing chamber then you have this other chamber where he gets like sucked out of the window and there's like this bottomless pit and like i just like how like from a top-down perspective, like how um, a vertical, like that whole city seems like, and just the idea of a city that is literally floating in the air is so neat to me. And I, I think it, should, it really comes just like down to the architecture, just the design of how the buildings look from the outside. I, I, I remember having this like cloud city, like little like toy I got from like Burger King or something. And it's probably still in the closet somewhere, but um, man, oh man, I I I used to love that toy, just like looking at it. You know, I just like the design. I like Bespin Cloud Cities is definitely uh, one of my favorite locations in Star Wars, and I love playing it in um, the Skywalker Saga. Quick aside here, one of the side quests I did was a deep cut because I talked to this this Ugnot, and he said, "Oh, there's these um, uh, Beldons, which are these like." Big, like, think of them as, like, floating jellyfish that are humongous. And they're what, like, I think, like, they harvest for Tabana gas or something like that. Anyway, these things go, like, crazy, and they start attacking, like, the people. So, like, your mission is to kill these things. And then when you kill them, you unlock an Ugnot. So I thought that was pretty cool. Another thing I like about Bespin is the mystery of, like, oh, yeah, like, C-3PO wanders in this random door, and you see all these Ugnots, like, dismantling droids, and you hear this voice... And I still to this day don't know if that's ever been confirmed of like actually who shot C-3PO. <laughs> but I, I, is that a stormtrooper? Who, who was that? Do we know yet? <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure. I always, for some reason, I like, I don't know. When I was younger, my first initial like looking at the movie, I thought it was Boba Fett maybe hiding. But maybe it was just a stormtrooper patrolling. I don't know, though. <laughs> but any but anyway yeah that's my choice is, is is cloud city i have to specify that um because chris is yeah. talking in the chat and he said he had that same magnetic thing um talking about the cloud city toy <laughs> that's too funny yeah i the funny thing is you mentioned um bestman i actually for like all the original uh, the original trilogy planets anyways for back when we were kids i'm sure you guys remember them like for bestman i had it was like literally a Luke. A, it was like a Bespin round planet thing, like probably this big, I would say. And all it did, it flipped open. It flipped open 
and inside of it was like a little tiny Luke figure. It was probably like the size of like your fingernail, a little tiny Luke figure. And all you did was like place him in the middle. And like in the background was like the Vader scene. And then in the foreground, it was like, you know, some of the Bespin hallways. Like it was like, I don't know. I think the series was called micro figures or something. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, like the I had that little thing like that. Yeah. Micro machines. Yep. That's what it was called. Okay. But uh, that's my big memory of like Bespin, like those little, uh, those little things like that but best one's a really good planet choice for me though i would pass on it personally definitely pass on it because i am like 100 scared of heights so like i don't know i feel like i would be really uneasy like walking around a planet like knowing it's like whoa we're like floating here like i, I don't know i'm definitely not a height person so it I, I don't know, me walking around, like, especially outdoors investment, I would be, like, sitting on the ground, like, walking platform to platform, going, okay, let's get to the next uh, area <laughs> here. <laughs> All right, so, Milton, what's up next for you? So, I think you? for me, for the original trilogy, um, ugh, I think, because I've, I've always, well, hell, anytime it snows, I think a Hoth, so... I, I, I am a Hoth fan. Like, I'm, I'm a huge Hoth just person. I love the... I, I love the Empire Strikes Back because of that first, what... Well, we were on that planet for an hour. I think the first hour of that yeah. film, not to think about it. Maybe, maybe about 45 minutes. But it was nice to just see that different environment. You're thinking, oh my goodness, like, that, that, could, be our, that could be our world. You know, that's what I loved about that planet. And just also seeing, like, how the Rebellion was not that great at that time and they were really struggling so to me it's it's another character itself that's why i like that particular planet Mm -hmm. um and i just love how that movie starts off you know in in that nature so yeah hoth for me is that planet um i i think i think if that was actually a real planet yeah i like to go visit it not saying i would vacation there but i at least want to like explore it yeah hoth hoth's a really good choice like Like you said, for me, for any Star Wars fan, young, old, casual, hardcore fan, when you get a big blizzard outside, if you're even a a 5% Star Wars fan, you look outside and go, man, it's like Hoth today. Like, like, (laughs) I I don't care who it is. I don't care who it is, how hardcore of a fan you are or casual, you think of Hoth. Like, every single time we get a big blizzard and it's like a whiteout, I always get Snapchats from random relatives or friends going, Looks like Hoth today, Star Wars guy. Like, you know, um, so like Hoth is just see uh, the genius of George Lucas when it comes like creating an iconic thing. We're still talking about 40 years later. Like it literally, you know, it just like you said, it's a character, really, Milton. Yeah. Now that, you know, say that like it, it's definitely a character and it's one of the most iconic characters in Star Wars, actually. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, the thing I think about is the wampas. <laughs> you know, wampas yeah. are those creatures that always freaked me out, but also intrigued me at the same time. Mm. So, yeah, no. I, what's funny about that? Like my best friends in life, they can't eat tater tots because of the wampa, or not the wampa, the tom tom getting sliced open. Uh. So go back and look at that scene when he's—they look like tater tots. One hundred percent. Yes. And my boys cannot eat them at one point because of that. And I'm just like, dude, like it's it's a it's an animal, like you know, because they they hunt in real life. So I'm sure they butchered animals when they hunted them. They're like, nah, dude, when we were kids. That bugged us out because it looked like it looked like tater tots. I'm like, yeah. what the hell? And they couldn't no, eat them I, for like years. 
No, I, I, I 100% had that experience when I was younger, like probably fifth or sixth grade. I, I can attest to that. I, I can be on your friend's side. Like I love Tater Tots now, but back then I remember seeing, you know, watching those movies like a million times yeah. back then even. But then when they'd gone to school and the school lunches would be Tater Tots and I'd take a bite into it and be like, eh, nah, I'm, I'm good. This, is, yeah, this, tastes like, this tastes like Tauntaun. Yeah, no, that's yeah. literally what I was thinking. Like that is... I wasn't a big fan of tater tots at all, like in my middle school years, because of Empire Strikes Back. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a quick aside here: uh, Chris is putting in a chat, and it brings back memories. So, uh, during Star Wars Celebration Chicago back in 2019, um, there was a day it actually snowed in April, which I guess is not unheard of if you're up in in Chicago, really. But oh, yeah. it was funny as hell because it was during the convention, obviously, and I was walking over this overpass in between the convention center and, and the hotel so I could kind of stay inside not have to travel in the snow. Well, anyway, I, I happened to, like, look down across the sky bridge just at the ground, and all of a sudden I see, like, snow troopers, like, marching through the snow. <laughs> I'm like, this is this could not be more perfect. Like, this was such so a amazing. cool thing to see. Because uh, Chris is saying there's a, there a battle of Hoth Day. Now, I don't know if he, he could provide us with more information. I don't know if there's, like, a special thing going on that day or not that I didn't hear of, but like, at least for me, that experience was like pretty cool because it's like, it's literally like we're in Hoth. You literally have the 501st, like, specific costume snowtroopers walking around. That's, that's incredible. Oh man. Uh, all right. So, next up, what do you got for us, Ben? Um, I would say for the original trilogy. Yeah, that's a tough one. Like we said, Hoth's really good. Um, like, for me, though, I would have to say... See, I want to say Endor, just because, like, unless you have a good relationship with the Ewoks, I would definitely not live on Endor. Um, but uh, for me, I would say a really good planet would probably... Like, Tatooine's nice and all, um, but, you know, there is obviously, like, crime and all that sort of stuff. But I would really actually be a big fan of Yavin 4, just because it's a, uh, like I said, to me, like, I like being outside and that sort of stuff. And, like, that reminds me, like, the temple on Yavin 4, like, that reminds me of, like, the Aztecs and, like, you know, that sort of ilk. And, like, yeah, I think that would be, like, a fun planet to go and explore around and, um, you know, really, yeah, really, like, explore there. Maybe not, maybe not settle down there. But that would definitely be like a vacationing type planet if we had capabilities of traveling planet to planet. Like that for sure would be a planet you you know I could stay out for like a month and and be cool with it. Yeah, I mean, you just have to deal with the oppressive heat and uh, the humidity. Apparently, is terrible when you have it. Yeah, yeah, probably like <laughs> probably like the Amazon jungle or something. Yeah, basically. Right, right, right. right. You're not wrong. <laughs> But yeah, I mean that 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 that's a pretty cool ecosystem. I've always been a fan of like rainforests and like the tropics from like watching countless hours of those like uh, zoo documentaries. It's like a four or five year old, you know, on loop over and over and over again. So yep. I'd be like curious about like the different different creatures and different things. Maybe go trekking through the jungle and be like, hey, there's that thing. And and also you got to remember like there's. I don't know if it's considered this in canon or not, but a lot of those Masasi temples were like grounds for like Sith lords and stuff like that. So I could see yep. like, especially in like Dr. Aphra or somebody like going into like one of these like 
pyramids and like try to find out like Indiana Jones what's happening. So there could be a lot of adventure on Yavin, I would imagine. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's one of the big draws to it for me, honestly. Yeah, okay, so we're gonna get to the sequel trilogy. So I will say Taco Dana would be a pretty cool place to go. I mean, all the other all the other planets um have a lot of history but are pretty brutal living i guess you could say from like <laughs> lightning storm planets to deserts just that would basically like dry your skin out and and, and die of dehydration and and everything else or our planets are just too freaking cold so i think like right. out of the sheer fact of livability <laughs> if that's a word i will go with takodana plus it's it, it's mouse Kanata is basically running the place so can you imagine just like being there and having all the people from across the galaxy like coming in, telling you stories of like everywhere. So I feel like as right. like a hub, like it'd be a very interesting place to be from that perspective. Yeah, that makes sense. I I agree with that. Um, th that's probably yeah. That's honestly, I really don't have many when it comes to the sequel trilogy. But Taco Donna, it very much reminds me of like an indoor ish, but mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of differences to it. So, yeah, I can see that being a place where you want to, like, go live or just escape. That's probably a good place to escape. And they kind of yeah. give you that impression throughout that movie. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah that's, so... that's definitely that's mm -hmm. definitely a really good um, choice. Like like you said, Chris, like, if you live there, you know, you get to see all the cast of characters. Like, people stopping in across the galaxy. Like, of course, you got to befriend Maz Kanata just because, like, then, you, then you'll be on everybody's good side. Yeah. But, uh. But yeah, then you could like, yeah, that would be actually a very good place to live when it comes to the uh, the sequel trilogy. That's a good choice there, Chris. Yeah. So besides Takodana, is that is that kind of your choice too, Milton? No, I actually have another one. <clears throat> um, I just thought of it. I think Octu, the island planet. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, uh, it was going to be either be that one, or I guess I'll give my. Uh, I'll give my honorable mention because this is an old planet that was in the original trilogy, but Endor. But the version we got of the Star Destroyer being there broken up. Just to see what the planet looks like now, post Return of the Jedi. What what are the Wookiee or not Wookiees, Ewoks are doing Ewoks. that type of thing. Oh yeah, because all that was yeah. in the movie that showed the Ewoks there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because all, all all the you know, we I want to see how that planet was affected post Return of the Jedi, but that's an honorable mention. Um but Octo. Because, you know, that was a surprise at the end of Force Awakens and seeing where Luke was at. Spoilers. Um, just seeing what that that planet was. Wait, why did he choose that particular planet? You know, and they said, like, maybe the first Jedi Temple might have been there at one point. Yeah. So, but we didn't. I wish we would have explored more of that. So I think that's probably why I'm interested in that planet. Hmm. I like oh, the yeah. idea of Octu being like a bunch of islands. And then you even have this indigenous uh, race there that lives there. They're like a bunch of fishermen that throw these cool parties. Apparently, in a deleted scene of Last Jedi, there's like this this pretty cool party going on. So I could see it being a lot of fun, a nice place to get a lot of peace and quiet. Obviously, yes. Just the the architecture is just very like, uh, just it's a lot of stone. So it's very like early civilization esque. But right. yeah, I mean this this is a place you go to hide as we see Luke doing. So it's a good place if you want some peace and quiet. And it's got a lot of history because it's got like the, the first Jedi temple. So if you're looking for knowledge, mm -hmm. that's where you go. For sure. Oh yeah, that actually was my choice, Milton. 
Yeah, no, I had that wrote down in my notes too um, for my uh, my planet choices. Yeah, Octu, I think to me, it would be a great place to like set up a um, living settlement. Like you said, there's islands there. To me, I'm a big island person. Like I love islands. Like it just, um, I don't know, they're so unique. And it brings back, to me, it's like, when you see islands, I don't know, it's like a feeling of, like, adventure and, like, exploration and that sort of thing. And, um, like, you know, say what you want about The Last Jedi, but the cinematography of Octu is incredible, in my opinion, oh, in that movie. Absolutely gorgeous. And, gorgeous. And, and I love, I, I I don't know, I just, like, that is one place, that that is, that, that's in my top, I would say probably top two, other than Naboo, like, that's probably number two on my list of places in general in Star Wars to live. Because you got islands, like, as long as, this is the caveat, too, is like, like you know, as long as we have transport to leave as well, like, we're not going to sink our X-Wing like Luke did. But, um, but it, you know, as long as we have a transport to leave when we want, like, Octu, I think, would be the spot. You have peace and quiet. You don't have to worry about, like, I don't know, criminals or thugs rolling in like you would maybe on Taco Donna or Tatooine or, you know, uh, the underbelly of course, huh? Like, you know, Octu, like it's just you and the potential like indigenous people. And if, you know, you befriend them, like, you know, you're set. Like it's going to be basically a peaceful, enjoyable time on this like nice planet with islands everywhere. Right. Heck yeah. So let's talk a little bit about some other locations from all the other media, from video games to yep. books, legends, or canon. Uh, I'll start this one off. I want to go to Narshada. Uh, Narshada is basically like Las Vegas in Star Wars. It's 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 everything that Coruscant is, but more as far as like the seedier environments. You got your casinos, you got your red light districts, and all those kind of <laughs> seedy places where you're going to find some really interesting figures, but I feel like there's always going to be something to do, always something that, that stimulates you. And, you know, it's been in a, in a couple of the comics, um, a lot a lot of the games. Like, I play, that's a location you can go to in Star Wars The Old Republic. And I just love the aesthetic. It's just all neon lights everywhere. Like, it's just your eyes just go on overload, like, looking all around. So, you know, it is owned by a lot of the huts. That's the one thing is it's, like, located in the same space as now Hutta. So you got to worry about gangsters and different <laughs> deals going down which you don't want to be a part of if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time but other than that i think that's still one of the coolest star wars locations that i'm still mad that we have not seen in live action or even in animation yet yeah I, I, that's surprising yeah surprising it really is i i don't get it but hey maybe we'll get it in like <laughs> no I mean, i'm being serious like maybe we'll get it um in a miniseries. Oh, oh, I misunderstood you. I thought you were saying. I thought you were responding to Chris, like saying that's a surprising of a choice. No, 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 no. Not you, Chris. <laughs> My bad. Like, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised that we haven't seen it like that. Like, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I, I thought Narshada. I was 100% convinced that was what the uh, thing was going to be in Mando season two in the trailer, like the fighting, oh. like the fighting. I was 100% convinced that was where we were going to be going to. But, you know, it didn't turn out to be the place. Yeah, like, but even yeah, like in... Narsh Go on. Oh, I was going to say, even in the Kenobi trailer, like, that new location, it's, it's a different planet. It almost looks like it could be Narshada because there's, like, the neon signs and stuff in the background where the Inquisitor is and all that. So, yep. it's like, damn it, why do you have to make a new planet? You could have just used Narshada. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I know. I know. The, the new Kenobi planet, that's, that actually has an interesting backstory, too. Um, 
But oh, okay. uh, yeah, not yeah, like that. That goes back to some old legend stuff, actually. Um, oh. but yeah, like Narshadal, that's that's a good planet. Um, yeah, it's a good, interesting planet. I feel like, you know, we've we've talked about it before when you were talking Mando and uh, Boba and all them. Like when it comes to these shows. Like, that would be a great planet because you could introduce so many alien species. Like, to me, I love, like, you know, in Star Wars, I love the Force, like, the ships. But I love the different aliens and species. And Nar Shaddaa would be a perfect planet to introduce to, like, you know, give us tons of new species or species that we've only seen in comics and books and video games. Like, make it live action. Like, let us see a variety of species on Nar Shaddaa in live action. Yeah, so I'm going to throw it over to Milton for one last time. Picking anything from the books, <sighs> comics, video games that we haven't seen on live action. What do you think? Or even like oh, I got, I got, one, I got two, whatever, I got solo. two of them. And they, these are from animation. Uh, I want these in live action so bad. The one we can't because, well, we kind of got it in live action because they showed a flashback of it. Mandalore would have been one. Um... Not Corbin. Is it called Corbin now or Morban? Morban. It's Morban, but it's also been retconned to be the same place. They just changed yeah, the name. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the same, same place. Morband. Yeah, Morban. And oh, what was the other one? Cor Morban. Mandalore. Those are two. I had a third one, but I wanted to see those in, in you know in live action so bad. Like I think those planets are dope. Um Especially how they did it in Clone Wars for uh, for for Mandalore, man, it looks so good. Um, it, it's, it's such a dope planet. I want to see more of that. I think I just I fell in love with the way it looked, you know, and how it played such a significant role in the Clone Wars like finale. Oh, so yeah. we we need that. We need that in live action. I mean, I think that's incoming. I think we're getting it. I think we're going to get it. Mando season three, honestly. But that's the thing, though. Didn't they didn't they show a flashback? I think in uh, Boba or Mando season two of like Mandalore being blown up by the Empire. It's blown think, up, but I don't think it's completely destroyed because they they make an assumption like, oh, he's gonna go there and get that thing, even okay. if he has to go through the center of the planet somehow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah I feel need, like it's I'll, more I'll... like like orbital strike destroying the city type deal, like you know, okay. blasting the planet all to all to pieces. Because right. here's the thing with Mandalore, that planet was already basically completely destroyed. Like everything on the outside of that bubble was like inhabitable, uninhabitable right. land. Like you couldn't live outside the bubble. So they basically seemed like they just did a, like a laser strike with the tie bombers just like on that dome, and everything okay. in there is like basically. So now the planet's basically completely done. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah, no, good choices. Yeah. Good choices. Yeah, Moraband, Korriban. Again, it's another great planet for a character like Dr. Aphra to go. Maybe we'll get a future story with her in there. She's going around discovering the, the secrets mm -hmm. of uh, the Nagasato and all those other guys as this ancient Sith Lords. Um, yeah, great picks, great picks. Yeah, I mean, to, uh, to wrap to wrap uh, or to throw my point in or my uh, final planet choice, I guess I would say would, you know, would be coming from Clone Wars. I 100% like, like to the top of the list, in my opinion, for planets, like I think, I think for me personally, like sure, Mandalore is great. I think, you know, we're, we're going to see that. But for me specifically, I want Mortis so bad. Like oh, I forgot about I want, that one. I want, 
Yeah, I want. I would love to see like some type of a man. Give us like man. This is getting super greedy now. But give us a flashback in the Ahsoka show of Anakin like flashing back to his time on Mortis, like with that whole thing or something. Like just like I don't know. I just would love to see Mortis like in live action. Like the incredible like looks of like the Mortis gods, how they would look in real life. Mm-hmm. Like all that sort of stuff. I think would just be incredible and. That could be where they give us the fan service. Like, you know, people don't want to like, you know, some people dog on like some of the over the top fan service, but that's where you can give us the star killer level force usage, you know, Anakin destroying like a big mountain or something, you know, like you could have over the top force scenes in Mortis. Like if we would go to that, um, that planet, like that would be incredible in my opinion. Um, And it just would be, it would be nice because me, I'm a big force guy. Like when it comes to star Wars, like I think the force is the, the top, like, you know, I've used the analogy before, like it's the big Mac at McDonald's. Like it is the sandwich. And, um, like to me, Mortis would like be the pinnacle of that, like to really slam home the, like the force point, like really bring it to live action. Like, I think it would be incredible to see it in, in a live action. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? Is is we're gonna have a Soka series, which it looks like it's gonna be very spiritual. And I'm only looking at that simply because of the the title card. Looks like very um, world between worlds, and if they're gonna do that, then they're probably gonna have to talk about Mortis, although they didn't really talk about it a lot in Rebels, if any. But I mean, if you yep. got if you if you got you know Hayden Christensen, would it be that much harder to get you and McGregor for a day on the set and just have like at least like a five minute like flashback to all them that that'd be nuts that'd be really really cool but i mean mortis would be one of those planets that again would stand out like felucia because it's so otherworldly it's not like anything that we have on our planet so it would definitely stick out um but yeah i mean that 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 sounds that sounds pretty good um any thoughts on those milton no i think that's a good choice i think that that that'd be something I think we would love to all see, and I think it would be very beneficial. It'd be it'd be an appropriate planet to use first for a great story to tell, just because yeah. you know we saw how they did it in Clone Wars for like that three to four you know arc. And here's the thing, though: Sam Witwer was the voice of the son, so you can yeah. bring him back to play the son role. You know, like because you, I mean, that that whole arc. First of all, that can be a mini movie itself. Yep. You know, if, if you want to just take that particular four episode series and turn it into a live action miniseries, that'd be fire. And now that, that would look good live action. Well, Milton, here's another thing, maybe make a post episode nine story where like old Mark Hamill, Luke has to go with young Anakin force ghost to Mortis for something yeah. like, I don't know, just just something fire. live action. Like, just just go at it. Like, I, I would love to see something in live action. Like to me. You know, that's another thing, um, you know, say what you want, like, about the sequels. But, like, at least we got more of, like, you know, obviously Luke in the original trilogy was having to, like, he was gaining his stripes. Like, he had to work his way. He was finally a Jedi by the end. Like, at least in the sequels, we got some of the spirituality of the Jedi from Luke. But I would love to see more of, like, old Luke talking Jedi stuff and, like, Mm -hmm. potentially you know, going to Mortis for something like, I, I don't know, just something along those lines in live action, I think would be great. Yeah. So now that we dropped all of our answers for what hasn't been really shown in live action, 
it, it it's interesting to say those because those are all great choices that we we gave out and um you know not not complaining too much but it's just a certain order of things and how they've been released but it's like yeah we've seen a lot of sand we've seen a lot of tatooine we're gonna see even more tatooine in <clears throat> next month so it's like okay I think it's time to take a break from some of these plans we've visited three, four times now. Let's let's start bringing in some of the old canon and other things because that'll yep. get a lot of people hyped up. Because that's one thing, right? It's like there's always that caveat is like Obi Wan Kenobi is like, oh, we were just on Tatooine for like seven episodes of Boba Fett, and we got to go back there for literally the next series of of, of episodes. So it's just yeah. timing wise, it's it's un, you know I that's how it, uh, yeah. how it worked out, but. Yeah, I don't think we'll be on there very long. I really don't. Okay. All right. Personally. Yeah. So we do have one new story to transition to for this week. This is also going to be another story that ties into Celebration. So this comes to us from Cinelinks. And they are claiming that they've heard sources and reports that we are getting a Star Wars Visions Season 2. And not only that, it could come out as early as this year with the first footage maybe even being shown as early as in a couple weeks of Star Wars Celebration. So that's pretty big on a number a number of, of fronts there. Just how quickly something can get announced and just be out within like a couple months is not something that Lucasfilm usually does, but I understand that now Lucasfilm has had a lot of projects that they've talked about that weren't coming out for like three or four years, <laughs> and then a lot of them get canned. So... Um, you know, maybe with this grammar rodeo thing that we keep hearing about, they haven't announced it yet, but maybe they'll announce it and be like, that's out next year. Like, like, so it seems like they might be tightening in, um, that, but I'll throw it over to Milton. Like, what is your reaction on, on getting star Wars vision season two? Cause it's been very calm. I haven't really heard any chatter about that series season one, at least since like the month it came out. Right. Um, not surprised because it was, it was successful. Um, I think I think when we did our our reviews, I think our post visions reviews, I think we all predicted like it, we wouldn't be surprised if we got a season two of this because it was very successful and it was a different take on Star Wars mm-hmm. and the, a lot a lot of culture was brought to Star Wars and the the even though I think there were some episodes I think Ben and I really liked and Chris you weren't really into the animation because that's not really your thing. The Dragon but Ball you, Z episode. Yeah, you, you're yeah. right, but you still appreciated it. You still understood, like, okay, the visual storytelling, the different aspects of storytelling. Hell, the first episode called The Duel, like, that, that, that is an episode that, to me, still holds up. And I, they, wrote, they wrote a book about it. So mm-hmm. right there it tells you this property or this particular medium was successful because they wrote a book and people was – and, and, and it wasn't just for the American audience of Star Wars. It's for an international star, uh, audience for Star Wars. You bring in these international studios to create a property that's very much an American thing. And it's like, wait a minute, you, you get us on board with this too? Like, come mm-hmm. on. And, you, and, and there's, there's a lot of fans out there who love anime. So it was, it was a perfect blend of the two to, to come together. And I'm not surprised. So if, if they want to bring back a season two by all means i'm fine with it i i still go back and watch the twins episodes sometimes which is probably my favorite one i i love the little droid one that kid who looked like mega man i love yeah. that episode. love C-O-B-1. that episode. yeah and then i love the duel like i mean that show wasn't bad i mean it, it was very much it had a lot of heart to it really yeah. I, think, I think we probably can all agree it had a lot of heart 
to a lot of those episodes. So not shocking. Bring it back for another two or season two. I'll watch it. Yeah, yeah people oh. just really liked um, the variety, right? Yeah, and like it felt like Star Wars. Yeah, fat like they they conquer they they captured the core values of Star Wars and yes. put it through the lens of creators that we normally don't get to see dealing with Star Wars, which is mm-hmm. which is great. Ben, yeah, I mean I completely agree with both of you guys. I think we you know we discussed it when we went over Visions when it came out. Like my big thing with that show, you know, it's of of course you know we were saying it almost from day one. Like this is most likely going to get a second season. It's so good, and it it. I feel like the show, you know, we we touched on it when we reviewed the show, but like it really felt like Star Wars. It hit the Star Wars notes we needed. Like it was all new, obviously, but it hit the notes we needed. And to me, it felt like, you know, we see all the social media drama with Star Wars live action these days. Like all it is every, you know, there's so much live action drama stuff, like in terms of like, you know, fans fighting and that sort of thing, like, you know, about this or that or the other thing. But with Visions, it was so nice because you could tell, like, they, they didn't listen to the fans. They didn't, you know, bend to the fans' will of, like, oh, let's just make a canned, like, you know, thing about the sequels or thing about the original trilogy. They just made their own story. And, like, that's what George Lucas was doing from the start of Star Wars was, hey, I'm going to make my story... And you're going to like it or you're not going to like it. And it's going to be original, though. Like, look what he did with the prequels. Like, people were destroying those movies. And he just kept pushing through and, you know, kept on going. And, like, that's what Visions does. Like, Visions is so well-received, but they're making stories that are just purely original stories versus, like, just doing a stereotypical thing of, like, you know, they could have easily set something up to play off, like, the the themes and arcs that happen in the sequel trilogy are the way things were structured, you know, that were potentially divisive. They could have easily incorporated that into this show just to play to that audience that argues. And they didn't like, they made it just an original project. And I love that because it's like, finally star Wars is getting back to the base of things. Like, like forget all this social media crap, like just make good stories. That's all we want. I feel like that's all we've talked about on this podcast. Like in general, when we come, when we talk about rumored movies or rumored shows or when we're critiquing um, like even bad episodes of Mando or bad episodes of Boba or bad episodes of, of, of uh, Clone Wars and stuff, like when we're, when we're critiquing those things, we're like, we're not critiquing them for, you know, uh, whatever off the field stuff. We're critiquing for bad stories and like Vision's almost every Visions episode was a really good story. Good story. And like that's why it was so re- well received and I'm so excited for season two. Yeah, yeah, I'm, and that's I'm, the thing. It's, it's storytelling. And Chris, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, I was just saying the thing is, um, with with visions, is I'm happy it got a second season because I was kind of worried. I'll be honest, like, because we knew going in, like that first week, like it's uh, everybody's talking about it, but I don't know how much visions captured the mainstream. Like all the Star Wars fans, we're gonna watch everything Star Wars got put out. Yep. Um, but I wasn't sure, like the average Disney Plus you know use are they gonna go and watch that if it's not mandalorian related so mm-hmm. apparently it was it must have been well enough good for them to actually do a second season if, it's, if this rumor is to be believed and Cinelinks is a good um credibility when it comes to star wars reports right. and breaking rumors and stuff like that so i don't want to deny them any kind of cr- uh, uh, credence either but um i'm just happy that apparently enough people watch it because i was a little bit 
apprehensive, you know, after, after once October rolled around, I wasn't really hearing people even in our community talking about it a whole lot. Like even to this day, like I don't see people just like randomly talking about visions. Like I still see people talking about like just a minute ago. Oh, Rebels is the best Star Wars thing. I, people talk about Rebels, Clone Wars, but where's where's the love for visions? So I again, I'm happy that this is going to hopefully get another I, another chance too. I I think the answer to that question, though, Chris, is we got to think about it this way. Rebels was released weekly. Bad Batch released weekly. Clone Wars, weekly. Mando, Boba, weekly. These type of things were built-in weekly shows that, you know, basically, you know, as you and me know, Milton, and, like, several other, show, you know, fans of shows, like, when you're watching Arrow with fans for, say, six months straight or eight months straight, you know, for the entire 24-episode run, like, even though... Even if we wouldn't have met through this podcast and I just ran into you over Twitter, like you and me have a bond as an Arrow fan watching it for six months straight together. When it comes to Visions, though, when it comes to Visions, it's just like Stranger Things. The problem with Stranger Things, like, don't get me wrong, I think the show's fine. I I like it. I'm at a point like I'm like, hey, I'm just going to finish it out when the new seasons and stuff come out. But the problem with Stranger Things is they drop the full season Everybody talks about it for a day and you don't hear about it until the next season comes out because it, it, I feel like that's the problem with visions given, you know, you'd have to create longer episodes than like 10 or 12 minute episodes or whatever, but if they would create half hour episodes and release them weekly over a 12 week span, then it would be talked about a lot more because people have that like bonding experience talking about it over social media, like, oh, it's Star Wars Visions Day versus, oh, it's binge Star Wars Visions Day, you know, like Stranger Things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, what are you guys looking for, too, from Star Wars Visions? I know I'm looking for the continuation of The Ninth Jedi because that was one of the first creators in, in those shorts that came out and said, hey, we have ideas for a continuation and the way it leaves off. It was definitely like I think I could still say it's like my favorite one. It was the longest one. It was the most comprehensive of world building. So much. Is that different the one with the with the uh, the sister? No. Which one's that one again? Oh, is that the one? At the, that was the last episode, wasn't it? Oshi and Lopi. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, the ninth. Je- the ninth I Jedi is like halfway through. It's like episode five or six. If you're going, I need to order. watch it. it I it's the one. It. It's the one Milton where they where you find out. Um, you know, you get the twist that all the the people that are like in the cave with the main character are Sith users. Like That's they're all right. dark Jedi. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, one. yeah. Because the lightsaber, they they yep. ca- they called him in and say we're going to build you lightsabers or something. And then it's red. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Because I'm thinking of the last episode where something happens where someone gets killed, but they want them getting away or something. I can't remember. I need to go back and rewatch them. I want them to continue the one. Like you said, the, the light, the ninth Jedi, whatever it is. Um, I want to hear about the robot and what what he did after he left the planet because he's going to like take the information that he learned from his master and spread the you know the the, yeah. the knowledge. I like that one. The one with the sister, the two sisters. Remember, Alachinopi La- or whatever. Yeah, I want dude. Every everyone's good, dude. And obviously the twins. The twins one like by far is my favorite. Um, because I want to see how the twins play out. Hmm. Yeah, like that one's good. But no, if you if, if they want to expand upon the stories that were left open and then add new stories, I'm fine with it. 
Yeah, I mean, we have uh, in the chat here, Erin Daly has given us, uh, she, she must have experience with, with different kind of animation studios. She's saying she would like to see studios such as Studio Ghibli, Toho Animation, and Kyoto Animation. Um, they all have really amazing animated films. So there you go. There's no acknowledgement. I would like to see some new blood and, and get to play around the Star Wars universe because that could only breed new ideas and, and cool uh, looks at the, at the franchise that we haven't seen before. But um well, time will tell. I mean, this celebration, man, more and more things are coming out earlier in the week. I, was conf I don't know where this was coming from or last week. Tales of the Jedi is going to be officially announced yep. there, supposedly. Um, and we've seen that, that, that cover art of, like, whatever, that the, um, record player gift the Lucasfilm employees that came out, like, months ago. There's Tales of the Jedi logo on there. It's like, wait, what's that? You know? So that could be announced. Like, maybe they have an entire animation panel at this point because it's, besides Bad Batch, like, there's all these other animated projects that might get announced or, or talked about. So yeah, I mean, who uh, knows? What if, like, we don't even know anything about that Tales of the Jedi. Like, for all we know, that could be a live-action series. Like, it could be. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, when it, when it, when you talk about a show title like Tales, like, I automatically think of more of an anthology like Clone Wars. Yeah. It's like, hey, they have, like, three episodes in the High Republic, or they have three episodes post-Return of the Jedi, or three episodes post-The Rise of Skywalker, or maybe three episodes in the Old Republic. Like... I could see that being more of a, and that would lend itself more to like animation because it'd be a yeah. hassle to like make that many sets. Like they could not saying they're Lucasfilm, they could do anything, but I could just see that being easier to be done animation, but who knows? Oh, for sure. Like I was actually talking about this show with my cousin literally just like four hours ago when we were visiting our grandma, like, um, maybe the show yeah we were talking about it and he came up with that idea like he's he was like maybe say if there's 12 episodes you'll have four three episode arcs you know like clone Wars style four three episode arcs of random jedi like whoever it may be who knows maybe like young qui-gon young you know mm. high republic jedi young whoever um like characters we know and make it like that or who knows do a young do an arc if you're gonna do like tales like say it is animation do a young Dooku series, like three episodes of Dooku when he was Ooh. with the Jedi. Like that would be fun. Yeah, I, I love that audio drama written by Kevin Scott called Dooku Jedi Lost. If you haven't listened to it, I know you guys are big audiobook fans. You should listen to that one. It's great. Um But yeah, I mean, just to kind of wrap things up, there's there's a lot on the horizon. I'm happy that we might even have another thing to talk about coming out of celebration on top of the deluge of stuff we're already getting rumors for. Um, but yeah, another show is in the book for us, for, for Milton and Ben and I, uh, getting to talk in a good old lengthy discussion about some of the things that make Star Wars what it is. And that's, uh, one of, one of the things up there is with, with the planet. So stay tuned. We're going to have plenty more discussions, um, on that. We'd love to have your feedback. So if you're watching after the fact, go in the comments, send us your, your feedback. What are some of your favorite planets in Star Wars and why, um, so what are you guys going to be chatting about on Twitter this week? And where can they find you? I know for me, um, probably not much, except for probably just some Star Wars and sports stuff. I know, like, right now is a slow time with sports. Let's be real here. Um, now, I know baseball just started. I'm not really a baseball head, but I do pay attention to it. But like I said, I'll probably retweet some, like, funny sports memes or stuff about football and, or, excuse me, uh, baseball and um you know, hockey, I guess, is going on as well. But I'll probably do some Star Wars stuff here or there. You can find me on Twitter at Milton Weber 7 
Again, that's Milton Weber, the number seven. And a quick shout out to Dark Nerdy Gonzo because he actually just followed me on Instagram. So, yeah, that's what's up. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, other than that, though, you guys have a good, safe, safe holiday, Easter weekend. Enjoy your time with your families. Oh, yeah. Dark Nerdy Gonzo, he, he, he linked me in one of these things where he's always going toy shopping, man. And he, he yeah, stops by in our chat. And he has some yeah. pretty cool figures. I think he actually picked up like an original like Outrider, and I was so jealous. I was like, I feel like going and digging mine out and putting it on the shelf because, man, oh, man, I love that ship. Um, so there you go. F- follow him at Milton Weber said. What about you, Ben? Yeah, I mean, like you said, Milton, it's 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 a slow season for sports. It's, you know, it, it's a slow season when the NFL's not on, basically, is what it is. Um, that, that's basically what it is for me. So, uh, like, because I, I really don't have a big, big interest in the NBA, especially because my Cavs just got eliminated. Um, yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, I mean, this weekend's going to be pretty easy, pretty chill. Um, you know, we have our uh, family Easter on my mom's side tomorrow, and then family Easter on my dad's side Sunday. So it's going to be a fun uh, fun day, continuing just to grind away at fitness, down like another pound this week. So, we're you know, we're getting there. Um, but, yeah, it's just going to be a pretty chill weekend. Probably, uh, you know, take it a little easier on workouts on Saturday Sunday just because it's like the holidays and just kind of kind of taking it easy. I'll still do some cardio on Saturday and Sunday. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty chill. But yeah, um, yeah, you can find me at Real Ben Maynard on Twitter. You know, I'm always there to talk fitness, Star Wars, and pretty much everything in between. There you go. And for me, uh, it should be a pretty quiet week here for me as well. Of course, we're all saying Easter. I'm looking forward to the time off with the family. Um, but uh, stay on the lookout. I'm going to try to figure out how I can show you guys some more LEGO Star Wars and what format that will be in. I'm not quite certain yet, and uh, but I will let you know for sure when I have some content out there for you guys to consume because I do have my video review. Um, so make sure you go and check that out um, and see if you, if, if you like the game. And I did have some footage playing earlier in this video, so if you're listening again, you go back and watch. We, we played through a lot of uh, episodes here on this episode itself. So fun stuff there. So for Ben, for Milton, for I, Chris, a.k.a. Star Raptor, that's going to do it for us on Outer Rim Transmission. This was episode number 54. Have a good one and transmission.